Thanks for listening to the High Street Young Adults Podcast. For more information and how to get connected, check out highstreet.org slash youngadults. y'all it's my privilege to be able to introduce you uh introduce to you a regular kelsey strauss to uh speak to y'all tonight yeah um kelsey hey we we were like kelsey we want you to come and speak because if you know kelsey you know that she's killing it all right and that she is committed (laughs) uh to the cause of christ and she is on mission and so we're so excited to have her here tonight and we're excited to hear from you so give it up for kelsey one more time thank you Okay, well, guys, if we haven't met, again, my name's Kelsey. I work for Stumo at Missouri State. Where are my Stumo people at? Yeah, love that. Thank you, guys. I feel really loved by you. But, guys, I just want to start off tonight by asking this question. Who here has ever invested in something that maybe, like, their time, their energy, they invested in it, and it just it didn't really pan out? Anybody ever invest in something, maybe a product, a service, something like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I wanted to kind of walk us through some investments that, I mean, I know I've personally kind of used these things, and maybe some of y'all might be too young, but I'm trying to reach, you know, my 20, 25-year-old gang here. So uh, let's see. Starting out with, did anyone use LimeWire? Anyone in the house? Use LimeWire. Thank you. Goodness gracious. I was thinking, surely I'm not the only one who downloaded music that wasn't mine, which is stealing, but I didn't know because I was a kid. So there's that. What about DDR? Did anyone hear Dance Dance Revolution? Guys, it was like, you know, like this, like this. And, and it kept you like really confident that you could be anyone in a dance battle. I know that that was me because I'm terrible at dancing, although I really like to dance. And then what about AIM? Guys, AIM, anyone? And guys, um, I just have to tell you my AIM name, although, you know, it's not around anymore, but I just have to tell you because I thought it was kind of creative. Kelsey loves L-U-V-S, cheer 12. So Kelsey loves cheer, see what I did there? Um, but Kelsey loves cheer 12, you know, catch me on AIM. But guys, RIP, because we just don't really have that anymore. Gosh, those are the glory days. And then what about MySpace? Any MySpace users? Yeah, and like so sad because like these these generations right now, the 18-year-olds that I've met, they have no idea what MySpace is. Like their first thing is like, oh, Facebook. I'm like, no, MySpace, where you could customize your profile and that perfect profile song. Like, I mean, I just have to let you guys in for a sec. I um, was going through a bit of an alt stage, alternative stage, at one point where I wore dark eyeliner. (laughs) And so my MySpace song was probably Paramore because that was just how I was feeling at the time. And then lastly, what about P90X? Did anyone ever try the P90X DVDs? Yeah. Guys, I did. I bought into those. And you know what? Tony, Tony Horton, he told me that I was going to go from regular to ripped in 90 days. And well, here we are. So there's that. But probably if I would have stuck with it, maybe for the full 90 days, it, it probably would have worked. But I start here because really in every single one of those things that I mentioned, although they're hilarious, and now you're probably thinking, oh, gosh, those were the glory days. Um, It's really true that we really did just buy into a lie. Like, all of those things were marketed so well. And and truthfully, like, it's really embarrassing how long it took me to, like, pick that perfect profile song for MySpace. And, like, for what? MySpace isn't even around anymore. Like, my 13-year-old self is just like in utter disbelief right now that it's gone. And, and, I, and it's like, wow, what a waste. And you know where those P90X DVDs are? 
Well, actually, they're at home, and they're on a shelf, like, c collecting dust. And I was actually saying to my roommate, Lauren, before this, I was like, man, should we get those out again? Like, make it cool again? No, probably not. Uh, but the world tells us that this is what you need. Like, get this. Get this right now. And so what do we do? Well, we're millennials, and, like, we have to have the coolest things. So we buy in. We invest our time, our money, and our energy. And really, at some point, like, all those expectations that we had, they're missed. And then the reality is at the end, like, it just comes to an end and they didn't last. And so we're left investing in things that have zero return. And so similarly, we have bought into this lie about love and relationships from the world. The world says to me, Kelsey, this is what you need. And it says to you, this is what you need. This guy, this girl, this relationship. Don't consider it too long. You might miss out. Like, have you guys been there? I know that I have. Okay, and maybe like you're in this room right now and, you're, and you are one of those people that has really bought into the lie. Like maybe you're the guy or the girl who's like, nope, this guy, this girl, she's different. She's different, different than all the rest. Like she is different, he's different. Or, hey, I know he's not perfect or she's not perfect, but I can fix them, I can help them. I've been there, doesn't work. Or maybe you've been single like for like way too long in your opinion and you're like, my patience is wearing thin. Are my standards too high? Like what, is there something wrong with me? Or maybe you have like a really tricky past when it comes to relationships. And so you're just now learning like, what does it look like to navigate relationships God's way? And you're kind of thinking like, could that really be better in the end? Like really could it be better? Or maybe you've been hurt by someone in the past, like a past relationship, and you invested everything into that person, and now you're here left wondering, like, well, what the heck? Like, why didn't that work out? And so I don't know if that touches anybody in the room, but I know a lot of those things are true about me. And so, y'all, truthfully, we have been tricked. We've been tricked. We've bought into the lies from the world. We've invested so much time, so much energy, and so much money. Oh, sorry. And, and even more things. I feel like Britney Spears on this mic. It's a dream come true, to be honest. Um, but at some point, we've really come to realize that these relationships have fallen short of what we expected, and they didn't last. We've poorly invested in our own lives and in the lives of other people, but I really don't think that we've done it on purpose. I just think we've been convinced by the wrong source. Convinced by the wrong source. Interesting. So my hope tonight is to help everyone in the room, no matter if you're single, dating, or married, engaged maybe too, but to find out that investing is everything. Investing is everything. And better yet, investing in the right thing is everything. Let me say that again. Investing in the right thing is everything. Now though, to all my single friends in the room, where are we at? Where are we at? Yes, amazing. Okay, if you hear nothing else tonight, please hear this. Singleness is not secondary. Singleness is not secondary. All caps here, okay? Let's all, actually, let's all say it together for good measure. Singleness is not secondary. Yeah, y'all, it's not. It's not. And although, like, a lot of the time, we believe, I believe that it is, but that's just not true. God doesn't give them places. One is not better than another. They're just different. And both give unique ways to love and to serve our God, which is exciting. So remember what? Singleness is not secondary. 
kind of fun. I get to tell you guys what to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so tonight, I'm going to give you all three M's. Three M's. And you can follow along on your app. There's a couple note sections on there. Um, but the first M is going to be master. Master. Invest in your master. So maybe you're here and you're like, Kelsey, I already have a relationship with God. I've been walking with him for a little while. That's awesome. I'm so excited that you're here. But this point is still for you. And maybe on the total flip side, you are just so new to this Christianity thing and you're like just trying to figure it out. Like who are these people? They're kind of cool, but like what is this thing? And I've totally been there and I'm so excited that you're here too. It's a really exciting time for you. But first things first, who should our master be? Who should it be? Well, Exodus 20 kind of gives us um, a first-hand look at what God says our master should look like. And it should pop up on the screen. Exodus 23 through 5 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. What is this saying? kind of a lot there, but the overall gist is saying God wants our affection. He wants our attention only, and he wants to be in the number one spot. So let's kind of evaluate ourselves. Just think personally. Let me ask y'all, have you ever put anything above God ever in your whole life? Or maybe better yet, would how you spend your time, your money, your resources, would that point to God being the master of your life? Or would it be something else? Would it be someone else? Would it be you? And I know that I for sure have, especially in the area of relationships. And Jesus really wants to be the one who's in control. And he's worthy of our worship because he died on the cross for you and for me. So when we put stuff in front of God, we're committing idolatry, which is what the verse was talking about. But y'all, we already know this. The world loves to idolize things. They make things so exciting especially relationships. Like, un, like, this is really embarrassing, but I know so many romantic comedy lines, like so many quotes from all these movies, and I'm probably not the only one, but it's like we've all dreamt girls in the room. Oh, I'm going to find the Jack to my rose, you know, Noah from the notebook, and all those things. But we daydream and we think, wow, like I would just love a life just like that romantic comedy. But what's interesting is, Those are fake. Like, somebody's sitting there writing, like, all their dreams out, and they're like, this would make a great movie. But, like, it's probably this sad person who's, like, on the side, and they're honestly probably single, you know? Like, and they're just like, what is happening? I wish this was me. And, and like, let's let's be real. Guys, I know you're all probably so capable. Like, guys in the room, I know you are. And you could probably come up with all these awesome date ideas. And we believe in you, but, like, we're setting you up for failure, like, utter failure, because my idea is, like, you're going to pick me up in a helicopter, and we're going to go do this and that, and, like, it's just not going to happen, Kelsey. It's not going to happen. Okay, but we've idolized relationships so much so that we've really watered down how they were designed to be. So when you're single, love it, you have the opportunity to get to know Jesus really intimately. What I mean by that is you just have a lot of time to get to know him. And so Ephesians 3, 17 and 18 says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So what do we learn from this? Well, I see two words that really stick out to me. 
the words are, clearly, <laughs> rooted and established. Sorry, that was a little bit ahead of the game. But rooted and established. And those things, they have one thing in common. Any ideas? It's time. Time to become rooted and established in anything, no matter if it's spiritual or non-spiritual, it involves time. And I know that because when I set goals for 2019 that last all but five minutes, I can tell that I was not rooted and established in the things that I wanted to do for the year. But don't worry, it's February and I'm just like trying to start over, you know, clean slate. And so what happens though, for instance, when we aren't rooted and established in things that we believe about God's design for relationships? Well, I can tell you because I've been there, but the world's view will slowly overpower. It will overpower God's view because that view is not that strong in your life. And it will more easily influence your thoughts and decisions when it comes to relationships. And in singleness, y'all, we have nothing but time. Talk to some of your married friends, your married friends with kids. They got like no time at all for themselves. And I can like really do kind of whatever I want. It's awesome. But you have time right now to develop your beliefs and your convictions on relationships. And I wonder if anyone else noticed in verse 18, it says, with all the Lord's holy people. So even when we're single, and it's like, yeah, sometimes we can feel lonely, but, but we were not called to follow Jesus alone. We are called to be with the people. So if you don't have any people, this is a great place to start, but get some people. You need them to walk with God. You need them to help you. And so I've only been following Jesus for a little over five years. Um, I started following Christ in college. And so this has really been true for me. And I knew really close to nothing um, about God before college. So don't you agree that it would take some time to really develop and to become rooted and established in my faith like this passage was saying? Yeah, it totally did. It honestly has taken the full five years. Like every, every single year, every month, every week, I'm learning something new and it's exciting. But the truth is, y'all, across the board, no matter what season you're in, you have to learn to value where you are now. Learn to value where you are now. And as singles, you know, I can relate. We always just want to like get out of this season And, like, surely I'm not the only one who thought, well, you know, I just, like, I think once I graduate, yeah, then, then, that, then I'll be, okay, yeah, that's good. Um, Oh, once I get the perfect job, then, then, okay, then my life starts, and, oh, and then what, oh, when I get married, then I'm really living. And, guys, I hate to break it to you, but. Our dating friends, they're doing the same thing. Our dating friends are over there loving dating. It's so fun. But you know what's on their mind? Engagement. And then they're wanting to be married. And the same thing with our married friends. Our married friends are married, loving their marriage. And then the next thing you know what they're saying, we can't wait to have kids. I've heard this. I have a lot of married friends. Like, that's what they say. And so I'm like, this is a cycle that will never stop, no matter what season you're in. And really, it's just because we're always looking forward to what we don't have. And I promise it will never stop. It's said that the best time to prepare for something is before you have it. So before you go wishing away your singleness, let me give you four quick benefits that I have really found to be true as I have learned to put Jesus first in my life. First off, we have undivided devotion and time with God. I'll touch briefly on this, but in 1 Corinthians 7, it talks about how a single person, they are fully devoted to the Lord. 
in his affairs. While the married person, they're concerned with, yes, of course, the Lord, but also their husband or wife. And then add kids onto that. Their interests are described as divided. My interests are not divided. So we can praise God right now that he's given us this exciting season. Notice I said exciting. It's exciting. Um, season to be able to devote ourselves fully to him. Secondly, we can grow personally. If there's something other than God that I'm passionate about, it is growing personally. Guys, I think self-awareness is something that it will only benefit you more as you follow Christ, but also, I mean, it will totally benefit a future relationship. Thirdly, you can develop deeper relationship with your friends. Guys, I love my friends, and I get such great time with them, great memories. We're going on trips together. And actually, like, we cook dinner together a lot. Lauren is my roomie, and I, I cook for her. And she's my guinea pig for, like, every single recipe. And, you know, they're not always all good. But, like, don't you think my husband, if I get married, would be so jazzed that I cook for Lauren first and tried all those recipes out on her? I think yes. I think he will be so grateful. So thank you, Lauren, for that. But I also get to share things that God is teaching me, and I get to ask my friends to pray for me too, and I do the same for them. So all, there's a lot of benefits that you get out of being married, that having a spouse. You can still have those things as you have deep friendships with people. Fourthly, you have time for ministry. Guys, I know it sounds like kind of crazy. You're like, I just cannot fit anything else into my schedule. Believe me, I've been there. Still happening today. And actually, like, we really do have time for what we want to make time for. And this is like the perfect time to be available to the people in your spheres of influence who really could use you to listen to them and to hear their story. And you can give them your time. So while we're single, let's commit to pursuing our master first and then trusting him with all of the rest. Think about this. If there is little to no commitment in the master now, then how can we expect for there to be commitment to the master in the future. It just won't happen. It has to start now. And I mean, we all dream. It's like you can have the cutest boyfriend or girlfriend with the most aesthetic and hip Instapics and filters. You know, all those mental boxes are being checked off in your head. But still, still you will never be fulfilled if you don't know your master first. And I can promise you that. And unlike the products and trends that we joked about earlier that gave us zero return on our investment, we can be assured that investing in our master will never, ever return void. So first, we need to invest in our master. Secondly, the second M is to invest in God's mission. Invest in God's mission. First things first, use your singleness to focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. I know that sounds super backwards because it's like mission seems others focused, but but I've really found that I'm no help really at all to anyone if I don't, like, first help myself. So there's this trend that has been blowing up the Internet this past year, and uh, I am obsessed with it. Uh, it's called the Enneagram. Kathy, Kathy, I don't know where you are, but I'm sorry. She hates when I talk about the Enneagram. But if you know me at all, you know that, like, I'm just so passionate about this thing. And so I can tend to fit it into really any and every conversation. So I thought... Well, I had this microphone on and you have to listen to me, so um, I had to talk about it. So there you go. But it's amazing, guys. And, and so if you don't know what it is, I'll kind of break it down for you. But long story short, you take this test. It's kind of lengthy. 
and uh, it costs $12, but boy, oh boy, are the results worth it. I'm serious. Um, it's kind of crazy because it's not like any other personality test. It actually measures your motives. Ooh, your motives. Like, I don't really want to know what that is, but also I do. And so I took the Enneagram, and based on your answers, it assigns you a number one to nine. I am a seven. Any sevens? Thank you, yes. Okay, obviously you guys aren't taking it because sevens are awesome. Um, but seven on the Enneagram, okay? Um, it's called the enthusiast, and so in the title itself, like it is absolutely accurate. So accurate, it's crazy. Um, but did I mention that in the test results, it gives you the compatibility of your number to every other number? So naturally, what did I do? Scroll, 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 scroll. Which one am I best compatible with? And so, turns out, I actually got to go on a date with a nine. And let me just remind you, I'm a seven. And it says that sevens are really compatible with nines. Okay, so I'm on this date. He's a nine. Don't forget, I'm a seven. This makes sense. This makes sense. Um, Oh, and then it didn't, because here I am giving this singleness talk. Um, okay, it's not fail-proof by any means, but could be something to check out. Regardless, I learned a lot. I know I'm really outing myself here, but um, I learned a lot spiritually, too, along with personally, and it has nothing but developed me in so many ways. And I really think that there's security when we find out who God has really designed us to be. Like, have you really thought about what your natural talents are? Like, what are you really good at? Or what are your spiritual gifts? Like, have you even considered, like, what parts of your life God has just naturally gifted you with? And I really think this self-awareness will only benefit us as we continue to learn and follow Christ. And it will also benefit us in a future relationship. I'm really grateful because I'm like, oh, the Lord really does know what I need. Because if he, that guy would have met me, you know, at any other time, if I would have gotten married, I'm like, skirt, sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't have really known who I was, but now I do. So it's, uh, yeah, there's that. You should take it nonetheless. Um, but Andy Stanley, he says, be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Let me say that one more time. Be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. We need to become now like the person we're looking for. The closer a single person gets to Jesus, the more likely that he or she will find someone who is like-hearted and like-minded, more likely that they will find someone who is on the same mission and vision as they are. In other words, we need to find someone who is running, you know, I'm not going to run because, no, I'm not doing that, but running at the same pace and in the same direction as we are. That's so important. A lot of us, myself included, have always like kind of done this thing where I'm running and I'm like, oh, he's cute. But he's like back there. So I'm like, I'll just back it up. <laughs> but like that's just not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be we're running in the same pace in the same direction. And that's all the running that I'm going to do. Okay, secondly, we need to use our singleness to focus on others. We need to focus on others. What do I mean by this? You first need to become a disciple of Jesus. Well, Kelsey, what, what is a disciple? That's kind of a big word. Well, a disciple, simply put, is a learner, a follower, and a reproducer. A learner, a follower, and a reproducer. I'll kind of break those down for us, but a learner simply just means to learn from someone, to get 
a mentor. Get someone who can teach you. I heard this quote once and I love it. It says, true learning only takes place when it changes how you live. True learning only takes place when it changes how you live. Some examples of learning would include reading your Bible, reading books, not just spiritual books, holistically developing yourself, personally developing yourself, listening to podcasts, getting wise counsel. Be a learner. Secondly, a disciple of Christ is a follower. A follower. To follow just means to stick with, to follow after someone. So that just means to do as Jesus commands, live as he lived. And thirdly, a disciple is a reproducer. I heard this verse in college that really gave me more purpose than I had ever felt in my whole life. And it's kind of weird, but it's 2 Timothy 2.2. And it says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who, we, who will also be qualified to teach others also. Guys, when, when I read this verse, I was like, that's pretty cool. But then somebody explained it to me, and they explained that there are four generations of people in this verse. We have you to presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will teach others also. So this idea is multiplication. Like somebody telling me that my life could impact multiple lives and that Jesus was going to use me. Me? What? Me? Like that was really cool. And Believe me, I had no idea what that looked like, but that just means simply grabbing a guy, if you're a guy, if you're a girl, grab a girl, and wrap your entire life around them, invite them in, and let them just see what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so to reproduce your life, you really need to become a spiritual leader. Now, to my guys in the room, not, not my guys, guys in the room, um, to lead your life spiritually in the future, if you want to be married, don't you think that you should get some experience now? Well, I think that you can get experience by spiritually leading men. Y'all, there are so, sorry, there are so many guys in this church, on your college campuses, in your workplace, that need someone to lead and develop them. They are just wanting someone to help them, to listen to them, to help guide them through life. And you can do that. And same to you girls, you are not off the hook. If you want to learn to love and to serve your future spouse, then you should spiritually lead girls, spend time with them, take an interest in them. There is nothing that will prepare you more for a future marriage. That's what I've been told anyway. Uh, <laughs> girls and guys, you all, we all need to be taking gen genuine interest in people. Get to know their stories. Get to know what they need, what they desire. Be courageous and step out. Mentor people. Now I know, that sounds like so intimidating um, because you're like, Kels, man, I just like, I just really don't know that much. And I'm like, same, honestly, same. I've been following Jesus for five years and I'm still like, what is this? But like that's what's so exciting is we have so many people that we can look to and resources that we can look to to help us. Or maybe you're saying, but Kels, like I don't even know what do we teach them? And I'm so glad you asked. You just simply teach them what you've been learning, what you have been taught by someone older than you, and you pass it on. And also, might I just add that we live in literally the most amazing time with all of these amazing resources. Enter our friend Google, our friend iPhone. Like, I, no shame at all, but I'm just like, somebody asks me a question about the Bible, I'm like, I have no idea. Google says this. Like, that 
is what we can do, and people haven't had that in the past, so let's just take advantage of it. And also to my married friends in the room, one of the best things that you can do for your single friends is to invite them into your life. Invite them into your marriage. The woman who led me to Christ in college, she let me see, like, all of her life, like every single part. And her and her husband, they let me take a front row seat to their marriage. And I'll be honest, like it was one of the first godly marriages I had ever really seen. And, and no, like it's like the good, the bad, and now they have kids and I really get to see all of it. And it feels really exciting to be a part of. That is discipleship, people. That really is. But invite singles to your house for dinner. Take them to run errands with you. Let them see you parent. We have so much to learn from you guys. We really do. So invite us in. And I heard this phrase in college that was um, just something that I really just started to repeat to myself every single day. And so you can kind of write this down or kind of commit it to memory. But it's give your life away. Give your life away. What does that mean? Well, simply, it means to serve, to humble yourself, to do the sort of things that Jesus would do, which if you think about it, those things were often hard things, things that were uncomfortable, things that took sacrifice and service. Like, that would be really hard. That's why it's called giving your life away. And examples of that would be making disciples, also sharing the gospel, inviting people into your home, mentoring people, getting wise counsel and passing on what you learn, and serving and giving generously. Now I can assure you that if you give your life away in singleness, it will be that much easier to give your life away, be transparent, and serve your spouse in a future marriage. Singleness is the time to refine those Christ-like qualities that you've always wanted to learn. And then in the future, if you do get to marry someone, your marriage will be that much better. If there is little to no commitment in the mission now, then how can we expect there to be a commitment to the mission in the future? Well, we can't. We really can't. It has to start right now. Okay, so about a month ago, I am flying back from a family wedding in Houston to go to Stumo's Winter Conference, again, I work for Stumo, in Oklahoma City. Now, flights to Oklahoma, they were limited. So as I'm booking, 7 a.m., man, 7 a.m. flight, yep, there it was. Okay, but I really am, I'm a morning person, and I, I like to think that I am, but when I had to show up to the airport three hours early because of the government shutdown and being in an airport that I just really didn't understand, you guys can do that math. Really early, really early. So needless to say, I didn't wear any makeup because who has time for that at 4 a.m.? No one. And yes, in fact, I did sleep in the clothes that I wore to the airport because also, <laughs> who has time to change? And also did I mention my hair was 80% dry shampoo? Any of the girls in the room? Yes. Guys, don't even worry about it. We do shower, but yeah. Okay, so <laughs> now that I've set the scene for y'all and you are judging me, let's get to the good stuff. So. I finally board the plane, and, and I'm like, oh, please, God, please, please, please let me get a window seat, please. Okay, and it's a Southwest flight, so those are utter chaos, and they honestly, they cause me, like, a lot of anxiety. But anyway, I'm, like, walking, and I see a window seat, beeline, boom, got it. I sit down, I get settled, and, and I just kind of look, and I'm like, well, I have two seats open. How come nobody is sitting with me? Like, 
I'm an approachable person, and I'm really nice, and I like to talk to people on planes. And, and then I was like, oh, oh, right, you look the way that you look. So that makes sense. So anyway, I just kind of started to sulk for a minute, and I was like, whatever. And as I turned my head out the window, a very, very good-looking guy. I mean, like, not like just good-looking, but like, hello, guy says, good morning, is the seat taken? And I'm like, no, actually, that's not how it sounded. It was more like, good morning, is the seat taken? <laughs> and I'm like, <clears throat> to be honest, guys, like, I don't really have this kind of look, but whatever. <laughs> he sits down, I'm smiling, I'm like, <laughs> but also like trying to play it cool because, you know, you got to play it cool. And so there's that. <laughs> but let me just let you into my brain for just like a second. I'm just going to play this scene out for you. Scene. Kelsey, Kelsey, come on, you can do it. Just introduce yourself. You can say hi. Just say hi. My name's Kelsey. No, don't say that. Don't be too eager. You don't want to be too eager. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, okay, just look light, just look out the window, kind of awkwardly, but like, then like look over and see if you make eye contact, and then he'll ask you your name. Nope, didn't happen. Okay, well, no, say, say hi, say hi, good morning, I'm Kelsey, what's your name? No, definitely not, no, 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 that's not going to work. Uh, 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 oh, I got it. Look out the window and wait for him to talk to you. Yes, 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 okay. Waiting. Well, that's not going to work, so, uh, okay, but seriously, like, scene over. Guys, that is what's happening. I cannot make this stuff up. Like, my brain is just going back and forth and back and forth. And so, I'm just kind of awkward and like, dang, I just really blew this. Like, going to be single forever because of this. And, he's, yeah, that's just what's going on in my mind. So, anyway, the plane starts taking off, and I get out the book I'm reading. I'm like... Fine, it's like headphones or not, headphones or not. I don't know because is he going to talk to me? <laughs> so I have my book and I'm like flipping it open and, and it's called The Passion Generation. And so I'm flipping and all of a sudden I hear someone say, oh, The Passion Generation? I've seen that, what's that about? Oh, okay, I see you dude, subtle, love that. Okay, well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> But I'll spare you all most of the details. But me and this guy, oh, his name is Paul, by the way. Um, we really just hit things off. You know, we got into a really good conversation. And um, it turns out he's a Christian. So, like, okay, I see you. And, 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 like, it turns out also I'm, like, telling him about my job. I work on campus for a ministry. And we're just, like, bonding over that. And how he's a Christian. Did I mention he's a Christian? And, uh, and uh, he's a Christian. And that... <laughs> So then we're just bonding over all these wonderful things. And he says, and I just really wanted to learn how to share my faith. And I'm like, what? Like, where did this dude come from? Like, these people are sparse. Like, there's not that many out there. So I'm like, okay, God, I see you. And then I'm kind of thinking like, wow, this would make, like, for the most amazing romantic comedy movie, would it not? Like, girl who looks like a train wreck gets on plane, meets man of her dreams. He's a Christian. Like... <laughs> There's that. And so anyway, the plane at this point is now beginning to land. Our conversation, it just flew by because it was so wonderful. And so I'm packing up my things. And he says, why were you um, coming to Oklahoma City? And I'm like, oh, you know, going to Sumo's conference. And, and I said, well, wait, why, why were you in Houston? 
<laughs> kind of flirty, you know? And uh, he's like, oh, oh, I was visiting my girlfriend. <laughs> what? Oh, couldn't even believe it. But don't worry, people. Don't feel bad for me. I made sure to get out my business card, gave him a business card in case they break up, okay? <laughs> no, I really did that. <laughs> I really did. But guys, this is the kind of luck that I've had in the dating scene lately. So there you go. But seriously, don't feel bad for me. I've since recovered. Everything is fine. It's all fine. It really is fine, though. But on a serious note, if we don't get the first two right, if we don't get our master and our mission right, then we will be severely let down. And not only let down in marriage, but we'll be let down in life in general. And I have experienced this firsthand. Like, no amount of money, no perfect job, no amazing friendships will ever sustain you. Jesus is the only person that can truly give you hope and an identity. And dating and marriage, they were not designed to give us identity. And if we look to those things like a lot of us have in the past or the world says to look at them, then they will crumble under the weight of our expectations. I've seen that too. And marriage, all it, it isn't the end goal. Like a lot of us think it is. And I know that at times I can be convinced that marriage is like the end all be all. But, but Jesus he didn't marry anyone. And that was kind of like, light bulb, hello. Like, he lived the most complete life ever while he was here. Would we not agree? Like, he had the best life and, and he was single. So, when we believe, though, that singleness is secondary, that's when we feel like we're not living our most complete life. And truthfully, my contentment, it, you know, it ebbs and flows. But one thing I'm sure of is that I am living right now, like I'm truly living, and I know this because I'm not just like waiting around, you know, for some so-and-so guy to swoop in and make my life complete. Like, I'm not doing that, and y'all shouldn't be doing that either. I'm doing things that I've always wanted to do. Three years ago, I made this bucket list, more like a life goals list, and I said, here are my like life goals, travel goals, finance goals, personal goals, fitness goals, all kinds of things. And slowly but surely over the last three years, I've been able to cross them off, like seeing Taylor Swift, all my friends, it was the best night of my whole life, for real. But like it's so exciting, and I really feel like I'm living my best life right now, and I'm living a complete life just like my married friends are. And y'all, we really can desire something like dating and something like marriage, but that doesn't mean that we cannot experience the life that Jesus has for us right now, like really experience it. Now, for those of us who are looking for a mate, someone to end up with, let's choose the enduring qualities over the diminishing ones. What do I mean by that? Well, first things first, just Look around. Observe the people around you. Not like a stalker. Don't be weird. But, you know, look at how these people around you are giving their life away. Look at how they love other people, how they serve them, how they invest their time. Also, look at their security. Like, where is their security found? Is it found in themselves? Is it found in their friends, in material things? Or is it found in their relationship with Jesus? Now, these things will remain long after we're in our prime, which, thank you, Lord, we're in our prime right now. 
That's what I'm saying. We look good. We're not going to look this good in a little while. You know what I'm saying? So let's get these Christ-like characteristics right now. But really, kind of evaluate yourself. If you're spending time with someone who you think could be a potential mate, then, and they don't push you to invest more in your master and more in his mission, then why would you invest any of your heart, any of your time, or any of your energy into them at all? Like that will leave you with absolutely a zero return. Now, this is one of my favorite illustrations because it's so simple, but I really think it's a beautiful picture. In the picture of the triangle, God is at the top, and on either side is the guy and the girl. Now, if we take a husband or wife, for instance, as the husband and wife move closer to God through community, through reading his word, through prayer, through sharing the gospel, inviting people into their home, in growing in other spiritual disciplines, they will naturally move closer together. Isn't that beautiful? It, it really is. But the thing is, is like we have completely warped it. The world has turned it upside down. Culture says, put each other first. Only you guys matter. Make their whole world revolve around you. You make your whole world revolve around them. And you know what we see if we flipped it upside down? We would see that there is really no room for God. And those people move further and further away from each other. And that's really just kind of the reality. And so I was thinking, like, how come that that doesn't work? Like, how come the version that the world gives doesn't work? And it's really just simple. It's those two people are broken. They're broken people. They're sinful people. And they're looking to one another to fulfill their deepest needs and desires. But, But really no human or thing could ever satisfy that. Jesus was the only one who could, and he did, and he died on the cross for you and for me. And his grace is what even allows us to experience relationships that we do now. So let's get to know our master, make his mission our mission, and pray for a mate who's doing the same thing. Now, like I said earlier, I started following Jesus um, my sophomore year of college after kind of growing up um, in, in a home that was like church whenever it was convenient, and now here I am in college, and I got to decide kind of for myself. And so this was all like really new to me, and I had done relationships the wrong way for like a really long time. And so it was kind of overwhelming, but slowly but surely, like it became kind of easy. Like I just kind of step by step, I put Jesus first in this area and in this area, and I gave him control, even control over my relationship status, which was really hard. And I just really started living my life for him. Um, And I remember, truthfully, as a junior in college, saying a prayer that was something like this, like, Jesus, I will give you one year, one year of intentional and focused singleness. Yep, no texting. Nope, not going to do that. No talking, no Snapchatting, no whatever you want to call it. And... And I just wanted to see, like, what he was going to do, like, how he was going to use me. So I prayed that. Well, now we're here, almost over five years later. And I'm like, uh, God, I'm not super sure that you heard me correctly. I said one year. Okay, maybe in two years. But five years? What the heck? Like, 
that's where I can be sometimes. Um, and I've kind of had to learn what that looks like, but I don't always understand. But just because I don't understand doesn't mean I can't really live right now. And although I don't always understand, I can really see why he chose to keep me single during those years. And their names are Ryan, Kelsey, Emily, Mackenzie, Tessa, Amy, Chloe, Alyssa, Lily, Lacey, Meg, Kaylee, Lauren, Bailey, Natalie, and so on and so on. There are so many girls that I have gotten to invest in their lives personally and spiritually. And I've gotten to give my life away to them for the last five years. You know, anytime they need me, I can be there. I invite them into my home and I cook meals with them. I've gotten to even baptize some of them, which is so exciting and humbling. And I've really also been through painful things with some of them. And I've also got to live with them. And I've also got to stand by them on their wedding day as they've gotten married. And y'all, the truth is, like, I wouldn't trade a single one of those years. I wouldn't. I never would. And you'll never regret investing in God and his mission. Invest and you will truly see the impact. And now I don't know what God has next. But this is the portion that he has given me and us right now. So let's invest it and see what he does. I'm going to pray. God, thank you so much for just the opportunity to speak. God, I'm so humbled. Um, and Lord, I just ask that you would help people in this room, wherever they are, to just see where um, they need to make that first step. God, if it's making you their master, I pray that they would um, do that. And I pray, God, that they would um, take steps of faith that they've never taken before. I pray, Lord, that if it's just getting on mission with you, I pray that they'd seek wise counsel and find someone who can help them to grow and develop. And God, if it's just right now, this waiting period of just, they just feel like they are looking for a mate, I God, I just pray that you would provide just each and every need of each and every person in this room, Lord. We're so grateful for you and God, just the sacrifice that your son um, made for us so that we could have a relationship ultimately with you and experience the love um, that is just like any, uh, that is like nothing other. Um, God, and so we just praise your name and we thank you so much for a night like this. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.